the, the, the sponsors love it. They love the World Cup. There's yeah. a queue for sponsoring it. And TV love it. Comes at the right time of the year. Not too much. Everyone doesn't, you know, there's no other tournaments going on. So there it is. Bang. The highlight of it all. And the advertising that will come out of India will be incredible. Welcome to the latest episode of Court Down Alexide. In this week's show, we got all the team back together and we discuss the forthcoming ODI World Cup, the final of the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy, including a fantastic three wickets for Lindsay Smith, the closing round of the county championship, including the appointment of Sue Redfern to officiate Glamorgan's game with Derbyshire, and a possible retirement, depending on which media outlet you listen or read, of Alistair Cook. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to our latest podcast. We've actually got a full complement of people tonight with everyone back. How, how is everybody? All good? All good, thank you. Very good, thanks. Damp up north, but good, thank you. Good, good, good. Well, listen, <laughs> as always, lots to cover. I um, want to talk a little bit about County Ch- Championship. Obviously, the ODI World Cup, which is uh, going to start next month. A little bit about Sue Redfern, um, who is umpiring a men's first-class fixture, Glamorgan Derbyshire, this week. Um, particularly as Gunn, I remember early po- earlier podcasts, you were saying that um, a female umpire was uh, going to take the reins in a men's game, so it'd be good to cover that. And then a little bit about Alistair Cook, who may or may not be retiring after this week's round of games, according to media reports. But I thought a good place to start, Jerry, would be the Rachel Hayho Flint Trophy, uh, which was won by the Vipers at the weekend, and Lindsay taking a nice little three for 30 in there. Yep, player of the match as well, so very happy about that. Yeah, just uh, just recovering from that really. It was uh, it was a pretty good day. They did well to get the game in. Actually, the conditions weren't great. Uh, it was a good toss to win, and and yeah, sort of Lindsay took a couple of vital wickets. I think in that first over of hers, um, got a couple of their sort of big hitters out. So that was a great start. And they struggled a bit to come back from that. Although Tammy Beaumont did well. Obviously, she got seventy odd, seventy six, I think, and. Uh, Dropped a couple of times in the process, but uh, yeah, 200 was probably not quite enough. Just to say that the umpire has had a further inspection and it is suspended for the rest of today. There you go. That's, that's going on out. <laughs> I, can see, I can see the bloke walking towards me as well now, Dave. He's striding my way with a set of keys and a torch. So, so for listeners, don't, don't don't go to the pub, for listeners that don't that don't realise what's happening right now, Gunner is sat in a random room in Sussex, which his play has now just been abandoned, so could get thrown out literally of where he is at, at, at any minute. But I'm sure he can uh, he can bullshit his way through um, staying. So Jerry, keep going, mate. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's just a just a, a little bit of a diversions there. Um, 
yeah, you know, it was 14 games this year, which which was great for the trophy. Um, so I think, you know, after 14 games, you should get the best team coming out on top, which, which I think they did. I mean, the Blaze were, were way ahead before the 100. Um, they started after the 100. Um, whereas, you know, the Vipers picked up five, five consecutive wins, um, the last one being against the Blaze, which meant they got straight through to the final. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise, really, but they played incredibly well. Um, to do that and obviously in the final yeah they play well again um, batting second the conditions got a little bit better um, dried out quite a bit so um, so a couple of good partnerships Windsor and uh, Windsor got a 50 and Elvis got a, a 50 as well so that sort of got us over the line with, with quite a few overs left in to, you know to go so yeah hats off to the team hats off to I think you know Charlotte Edwards needs a, a massive uh, Shout out! She now holds the uh, the hundred women's IPL, uh, Charlotte Edwards Cup, Rachel Hayhoe Flynn, all in all in the space of this year. So tremendous achievement, really. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, right? It's not bad, is it? It's not bad, and that's the first time a team has won both the uh, Charlotte Edwards and the Rachel Hayhoe. I was going to say, uh, yeah, it's double, wasn't it? Double for the for the Vipers. Yeah, really good double. Yeah, it's really good double. So. Uh, okay. A nice bit of pub rush there for Lindsay. She'll have been happy to have uh, been sat with pubs on for <laughs> 20 moments. Yeah, I think she's quite happy sitting on her bum, to be fair, <laughs> rather than go out there. If she'd gone out there, I think they're sort of saying, oh, hang on a minute, they're into the tail a bit here. So uh, <laughs> uh, they, the middle order did incredibly well. We lost a couple of early wickets. My Boucher was out quite quite cheaply, um, and, and, and as was McCorkin. So I think it was four for two. So then there was a, a couple of ninety partnerships, which uh, which was really really sensible batting, which we needed because you know only chasing sort of three and over for for most of the innings uh, wasn't too much of a problem. So that was a great day. I think that I think all the all the girls had a a big night out, judging by Lindsay on Monday. <laughs> Got home, went straight to bed. <laughs> when you look back at the season, Jerry, do you think it's um... Yeah, another big step forward for the women's game this year. Yeah, I do. I, I do. You know, um, playing the amount of games they have, it's, it's quite a tough season with, with with all the competitions, especially for the girls that are involved with the hundred as well. So, um, yeah, a big season. As I say, fourteen games in in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint is uh, is quite a slog, um, albeit sort of broken up in between the hundred, sort of before and after the hundred. Um, but I think that gives more players, the chance, you know, a lot of the academy players came into quite a few of the sides, including the Vipers, because girls getting called away for, for international duty. Um, it opened it up more. So more players played for, for each franchise during the season. And that can only be a good thing. Um, so, yeah, I, it's been it's been probably the busiest summer of English women's cricket um, ever. And, and may, may that continue. Do you see much of it, Gunnar? No, I saw quite a bit of it. Uh, yeah, in the south, it's uh, it's going forward very. As Jerry says it all the time, it's going forward very, very quickly. Um, Fourteen games is a lot. Um, it stretched the umpiring, but from what I saw of the, the standard of play and umpiring, it um, it worked very well. I must admit, I watched the game at uh, Arundel, uh, and it was just a lovely, lovely day out. And everyone seemed to enjoy it. So yeah, yeah, it's moving quickly. It is kind of what's Lindsay's moving plans? very quickly. What's Lindsay's plans for the winter, Jerry? Um, 
Yeah, good question. <laughs> She's got a few things going on at the moment, can't really say too much about, but her agent's sort of looking at a couple of contracts. So she's got some opportunity coming up, touch wood. Yeah. Are you not her agent, Jerry? Not anymore. It's gone beyond me, I'm afraid, Gunner. I know. Jesus Christ, that old 10 percent's gone out of your back pocket, has it? Exactly. She doesn't listen to me anyway, so it's pretty pointless, really. <laughs> yeah, no, no, she'll be going down under. Um um, for about six months. Um, so I think, you know, there'll be some news out soon in terms of, of what that looks like and what she's going to be involved in. Well, switching over to the Men's County Championship, um, last round of fixtures this week, and I just saw um, on the BBC, I think Surrey will be champions if Essex don't score 400, and they're currently about 100 for four. So I think that's a foregone conclusion. But have many of you seen much of the County Championship this year? Do we... Similar question, I guess, I pose to Jerry. Do we think, you know, kind of the strength for that competition's um, moved in the right direction this year? I think it's still quite a lot to play for, isn't it, going into the last game? Obviously, that the break has probably not helped particularly during the 100. But, um, yeah, I think it's been a, a good um, championship, despite being a Middlesex supporter. Um, we're struggling a bit, I think, to to, to stay in the Division 1. Um but yeah, I mean that I've obviously gone and seen Middlesex quite a bit, um, but but we've underperformed uh, basically, and that that's for a number of reasons probably not worth a conversation tonight. I don't think it's been it's been good. I must admit it's been enjoyable. But I'm a Jerry. These breaks that keep getting thrown into it disjoints everything. Um, you know, we've got young cricketers down here at home that haven't had a game of cricket for six weeks. They put the hundred on and they don't put anything else on with it, and this you play in the 50-over championship. So if you don't lose players of the 100, you know, these youngsters had six weeks sitting on the back sides, no second 11 cricket, just become net bowlers. And it's uh, it's something that needs to be dealt with. I'm sure ECB are dealing with it. But there's been some, there's some, been some very, very good four-day cricket, which leads up to obviously being a uh, party to England, being a good four uh, test side. But, um, I'm slightly worried the last few weeks the wickets have not been at their best. I think people are trying to, you know, sorry, in my book, are worthy winners. They play on great wickets. At the, Lee Juice is brilliant wickets at the Oval and they've got to work hard to win. Um, so, the, to me, they're the, the worthy champions. And if you stuck a top-class spinner into that team, mm. well, they'll be... They're, they're moving down the route of the Man City of County Cricket, to be honest with you. They've got old corners, and bearing in mind they've got Dan Lawrence pitching. I was about up to say, you've got Dan Lawrence well. coming in next year. You know, I mean, I'm not quite sure whether they're going to play. If they're playing 15 aside that lot, I don't know. They could fit them all in. But there's been some excellent cricket, and there's some good cricketers. I've watched Durham a couple of times, Division Two, and they've got some good cricketers coming through. Good cricketers. A lot of good, strongly built seamers. Yeah, they look a good side. And the signing of Robinson from Kent. As a wicket keeper, is is strengthened and beyond belief. And Alex Lees has proved, you know, he's a good county cricketer. Who reckon Jake Ball's going up there as well? Is he? I don't know. I've seen he's leaving. I just sort of, uh, yeah, if they want an extra extra seamer up there, it sort of uh, sort of slots into place, doesn't it? A bit. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to go and buy a big coat, keep himself warm. Tremors, <laughs> you seen much of Somerset this year? No, I sort of follow following the scores and stuff like that. And it's like that's one of those things as you, as a as a Somerset supporter, every year you think, oh, if they stay up, that's great because they're you know they do punch above weight pretty well. 
Um, I think they've underperformed a little bit from what what I've seen. Um, but you know, there was it like seven test sides in the first division, isn't it? And there's only was it us, Kent and Essex, not one of the the bigger sides in the first division. So a lot of people have a lot of expectations about sort of Somerset, but to to play first division cricket regularly. Uh, sort of take me hats off to them, really, because they do sort of punch above their weight, I think, at times. I'll tell you what, though, Simon, they do produce players, though. They yeah. do produce players. They're like everyone else in county cricket. They can't... Everyone's struggling for seamers and, you know, obviously, Lewis Gregory and Josh Davey and people like that. They do tremendous jobs for you. You know, mm. and they're bringing through this little boy, Rue, now, but he might be one of those lads that comes at the wrong time. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a bus stop waiting for him in front of him. But he looks a very big talent, big talent. But uh, if folks can't get past Bairstow, then I don't think Root has got much chance for quite some period of time. No, interesting. He's done really well, didn't he? He sort of come in the first sort of proper season, got loads of runs, especially early doors, a little bit yeah. sort of leaner now. But he, he has done, done very well. I think we saw him in the World Cup a couple of years ago, the end of the 19 World Cup. Um yeah, I mean, some say they've got some some great players. I just think they've, you know, they've just underperformed a little bit this year. Um, next year, you know, if everybody with an extra ten percent, you know, they might be up at the you know top half of the table again. It's all yeah. about a one day cup, though, really, and at the blast. Smithy, I thought I'd come to you last because uh, it felt quite apt with Yorkshire being bottom of Division Two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so much of Yorkshire this year? No, I speak to Robbo. Quite a bit. Uh, just a lot of young kids. You know, they're not doing too well financially. So the atmosphere at the club's still not great. There's still a lot of uh, sourness within the camp. So they tend to have young kids who are keen to play the game playing there. But the senior players think it's a bit foul. So they, they leave and go somewhere else. It's uh, going to take quite a few years, I think, to <clears throat> things to simmer down and get a good atmosphere in the club again. It, it's pretty far. It's, but there's still some. I'm, I'm not saying they're out good kids. I think the uh, the ninth and tenth wicket partnerships against Yorkshire this year have been higher than the first wicket partnerships. So they've just really, really struggled to bowl eight, nine, ten out, and, and that's probably cost them two or three wins this year. And obviously a little points deduction and a little fine has helped them drop down the table. But yeah, then I don't think that they're not they're not a bottom of the table side. Uh but yeah, it's it's just a not a cohesive place at the moment. Yeah, and they lost Fisher again, didn't they, through injury as well, which didn't help. Yeah, I don't think Matt plays more than half a dozen games a year. Since he what the what is sixteen or seventeen when he made his debut, mm. he's just, I mean he's a good player. Mm. You know, you've got to be fit, haven't you? And if if you have so many injuries when you're young, it, mm. it, it tends to be a, a bit of a lifetime thing. That so, and all all the younger end. I mean Ben Cord's a really good bowler, gets a lot of wickets, but he's only a low eighties guy, so I don't think he's ever going to be looked at internationally. And most of the other lads that they've got are in that area. Matt Matt sort of stands out when he's playing. You're a bit unlucky with Milnes from Kent, though, aren't you? I mean, he looks—he is a good bowler, that kid. And had a double stress fracture at the back. 
before the first ball of the season, there was a cruel blow for that kid. I actually saw him playing a second team game last week at Guildford, um, and he was on his way back. But unfortunately, it's September now, so there's no point coming back. No, and whether he goes somewhere in the winter and plays, or whether he, he just has a, a bit more rest and gets fit for the start of next season, don't know. But John, you know what, that is mate, he'll be going to that gym. Got to keep up that strength and conditioning, make himself <laughs> look good to go down the pub, mate. <laughs> Sue Redfern, um, umpiring this week. Yeah. I remember on earlier episodes you were saying that um, you know a female umpire would get you know a men's a men's game this year, and that's obviously come true. Yeah, well, Jerry knows Sue as well as I know Sue. It's a it's a great fillet for ladies' cricket. You know, as I said earlier on, Jerry is always waxing on and lyrical about ladies' cricket and. It is moving fast. Mm. You know, I keep saying this, it's moving fast and Sue is just a part of that catalogue of where this game's going. She's a credit to the game. She's she's such a lovely girl. She just gets on with it. She's a, she's like all of us in the start of a career. She's been, a, you know, she's had her ups and downs, but she just battled through, kept smiling and she really does deserve this opportunity. It's not, you know, this ECB poster girl, whatever going in. She deserves this chance and she is... She has done really well. Um, and I'm, to be honest with you, Tim Robinson, who works with me in the umpiring department, we're chuffed to bits for her. And like, you know, so, but, but the great thing, she, they put her in for Glamorgan and whoever they're playing. And from what I understand, they've had two decisions each, Graham Lloyd and, and Sue. Uh, and both of those have been bad light. Um, they just can't bowl straight. I've watched it on the, MV play last night. It's, it's funny. It's very fun. But she will she will do very well soon. And I'm, I'm desperately proud of her. It's been a great thing. And are there others? We well, don't not have to name names, but are there others that are close. Yeah, there are. There were two. Now there's one because the other one, Jerry would know. Well, she's from our area. As a matter of fact, um, oh, uh, a lady called Sarah Bartlett. Yeah. But she's jumped the other side of the fence now, become a, a bully of a match referee. <laughs> and she's smashing it. She's doing brilliantly. She was a fine umpire, but she's seen another, you know, she's thought she'd go down this route. She's got a very good job. So this suits her job. And, you know, at the end of it, she will be another one, another, another lady going up into, I would say, international cricket as a referee. She's that good. She's only been doing it three months and everyone just talks positively about it. So, and again, like Sue, she's a lovely girl and works hard. Uh, Sarah, you, you watch that name, Sarah Bartlett, match, match referee. She'll be there. World Cup. On the last podcast, we discussed... Uh, quite some depth, and I know you're quite passionate about this, um, Smithy. Harry Brooks' omission uh, from the squad. Well, the selectors have had a change of heart, and he's now back in. Um, and Jason Roy's out. Right, right decision. Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably all, all the form he's had. He's, he's just sort of blown it a little bit just lately, but he's obviously a, a massive talent. So he's he had his season last year in IPL where he had one score out of eight, but he's. He did well in Pakistan. He's used at subcontinent. Uh, 
bags of confidence and obviously got a fair bit of talent to go with it. So, yeah, I, I think he should be there. Whether Jason Jason Roy should be the one who omitted, obviously you need somebody at one and two and Harry showed that he wasn't probably a, an opening batter in it. So, whether Butler goes back up to the top and opens way Bairstow or Butler seems to like to bat lower down the order, you've got to find number one and two, haven't you? So you're picking people to play in a position. Well, I guess I guess the um, what made it interesting was Milan's that they put Milan up there to open, and obviously he, you know, he got he got runs on the board in that New Zealand series. Yeah, all other other top teams seem to be doing the pre-season warm-ups in. In subcontinent, we think Ireland in September in UK is better. There he was. Look, there's Dave, bully Dave, coming in to throw me out. But he's left me alone. What do you think about other bits of the squad? Do you think, like, when you, you look at that England squad, it pretty much is, you know, there's no no one else that you think should have been in there? Yeah, hindsight's an easy thing, isn't it? You look at Phil Salt and Duckett, how they <laughs> performed the other day, be it against Ireland. Um, they're obviously... Oh, and Will Jacks as well. So you've got three of them that are probably useful reserves. Let's put it that way. So if they're needed, they can slot straight in, can't they? One of those three. But I think the squad in itself, now Brooks is in, is pretty decent. Gives them quite a lot of options from a, a batting and bowling point of view. And I think the other thing to consider is, which I read today, was they've got nine matches in, in eight different venues. So they're doing a lot of travelling around. So they're going to come up against different conditions, different wickets, etc., so, you know, they need to have all their bases covered. Um, and they probably have, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I think Swan looks pretty good, to be quite honest. But um, yeah, you're sort of looking around at all the other sides as well. And you think there's some good sides out there. I think it's, it's going to be the consistency, isn't it? Who do you think of some of the other sides? Yeah, uh, obviously, India, Pakistan, generally do pretty well. South Africans are, are, are dangerous if they hit their straps. The Aussies today beat India. Everybody's there, capable of of winning it, um, but you, you, it's just about consistency, isn't it? Who can put that run together? Every, everybody can beat everybody else. There's some great sides down there. I'm just just disappointed that Nepal aren't in it after their score today. Did you see that? Uh, that was someone else, wasn't it? <laughs> what did they do? What did they, they do? Twenty overs, three hundred fourteen for four. One bloke got 100 off, was it 34 balls? Or one bloke got 50 off 10 balls? Nine, no, 50 off nine balls. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a shame they're not in it to brighten up the World Cup. But uh, yeah, next time. But no, I think uh, it, it'll be a really good World Cup. It'll be a really good World Cup. Um, yeah, I, I, but yeah, I think in India, Pakistan out there, you have to be good size to beat them, I think, over a, over a, over a tournament. I think I'm pleased they've. I don't know what other people think, but I'm pleased they've kept the format where you play everybody, because that way you know the best teams will rise to the top, rather than sometimes you switch it into groups and you know a decent side can suddenly get knocked out because of rain or or what have you. Actually, when you when you're playing everybody, the cream usually rises to the top, and you end up with the best four teams. And actually quite good for spectators for once. I think the spectators, you know, you've got a chance to go and see your team play every team if you wanted to, which is uh, makes a change, I think. <laughs> Gunnar, from your perspective, who do you think some of the sides to look out for are? Any dark horses? 
I don't see a dark horse in the subcontinent, mate. Um, the thing is, it depends on what pitches they play on. And that's in India, you can get absolute flat belters. You can get some of the best one day wickets in the world, but you can also get the old park, the odd park pitch. <laughs> and if you get caught on the park pitch, then you're in desperate trouble and you probably will be playing India on that park pitch. So, um, I don't get past India. If Pakistan turn up, they'll be absolutely dangerous if they turn up. Um, but I, I, I don't see anyone else. I can't see it. India have got all bases covered now. They brought back in uh, Ashwin back in, I believe. Yeah. Um, they're a hugely talented side. And this will probably be Virat's last World Cup, I would have thought. So he will want to go out in a blaze of glory and probably Rohit Sharma's last. Uh, World Cup, so they'll be having all guns blazing, but uh, they will have the facilities in their way the way they want. Yeah, exactly. no, I mean, no one, no one will stop them. I can assure you. There's such a big difference in there from being able to have a a pacey, bouncy deck up in Dhanamshala and fly four hours south to Bangalore and have a Bunton or Mumbai and have a absolute road. It, it does. They will, they're all playing the games at different venues. Nobody's like based in one place, but the the variety of the types of wickets you can get is huge, and there is no doubt how it will favour certain teams. Yeah, it will favour the team in blue, and <laughs> you know you can go from Darren Sharp, as Smithy says, on a flat. Fast, bouncy. I saw Pat Cummings bowl the speed of light there years ago. And then you pop into Nagpur and you've got the eight-week-old wicket that's been used for the under-14s, <laughs> 15s, 19s, 21s, and a couple of net sessions. Look, it's it's going to be fascinating. It's who's going to just close their eyes and just go, let's get on with it. And probably England, probably England are the team that have got that mentality. Let's go for it. Mm. Let's go for it. You know, it's a real talent. So it'll be fascinating, and there'll be some crowds there. I'm telling you, oh Jesus! So you're going for the boys in blue, Tremors. Who are you going for? Unfortunately, I'm not going for Afghanistan. By the way, <laughs> I'm going for India. No, I'm going to have to go India. I think, unfortunately, Jerry. Yeah, I can't look past India. England in the final, right, hopefully. Smithy. Home team won the last three World Cups, aren't they? <clears throat> I think I think New Zealand is still a dark horse. I think New Zealand have got such a power hitting ability throughout the team. If Williamson's fit as well, I, I think they're uh, well. They make a lot of finals and don't win them, don't they? But that, I think New Zealand are the strongest outside the subcontinent. Smithy, I agree with you on that, but the only issue I've got with it is have India, have New Zealand got the quality spinners that you need in India. You know, in Saudi, uh, I don't know whether that really runs out there. Yeah, you do need, if the wickets spin, they need to spin. You need to spin the ball. Uh, yeah. like with the, the other sides, the, the Indians and the, and the Pakistanis will spin the ball, and so will Sri Lanka. Yeah. But I see they've got quite a number of injuries Sri Lanka now, so... Um, yeah, Asaranga didn't play uh, Asia Cup, did they? Mm. 
I've heard he's going to be fit for <clears throat> World Cup, but Asaranga's a big miss for him. Yeah, he... massive. Massive. But, you know, with Sodi, Satna, look, they're talented. Don't get me wrong. And they've done all right in the IPL, but when them big BDM bats come flying at you with well, the Indians have got them in their hands, then no stadiums are big enough for that. Smithy, have you spoken to Spoons at all? How how he's feeling? Uh, just one short message after the final. I got quite a few after the playoff against Pakistan, which were one hell of a game, bit sound of it. But yeah, final didn't quite go their way, did it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> did you think on that? Dunno, you've umpired tons of World Cups. What was your most enjoyable one? Probably the most enjoyable uh, Australia. The West Indies one was eventful. Um, I'd probably say Australia's the standard of cricket that was played on the pitches that were played there. It was just you didn't know who could win there. It just it was a run feast everywhere. It was incredible. Um, India's a fascinating place. That the, the tournaments they run are so well run and so passionately run. You know, the final of India versus Sri Lanka. I'd be, one more frame and I would have given out MS Dhoni and I wouldn't be alive here now <laughs> for a run out. Um, if it had been the modern day DRS, then probably he would have been out. But in the old Codgers day, he was he was in. But that was a fantastic uh, final. But the semi-final, if you remember, they should have been beaten by Bangladesh mm. where the captain kept missing straight ones. Whatever his name was, the little wicket keeper <laughs> kept missing straight ones. So, uh, but it, I'll tell you what it will be for a spectator that's never been touring around India. It will be one of the greatest experiences people will ever have in their life. It will be unbelievable. Sit back, put a seatbelt on, and take the ride. I'm telling you, it'll be brilliant fun. Smithy, <laughs> don't expect your plane to be on time either. <laughs> If it says it's coming what? on a Tuesday, you're not sure which week. It drains <laughs> the way to go. No, it will be. It'll be a great ride, and that I think it was 2011 tournament there. Um, that was an incredible, incredible World Cup. It's just a great country. Love the place, but nothing can yeah. beat the passion, can it? That's the thing. Nothing can beat the passion out there. No, it's madness. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. How challenging is it for an umpire in those World Cups when you're obviously you're umpiring a variety of teams, different attacks all the time versus like when you're just doing a normal series, it's the same two teams. You're really adjusted to the bowlers. Suddenly it's a different team every game you're umpiring. Is it is that more challenging or is it easier? Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. If you work hard at it and you go to practice... Because it's really it's, it's, there's so many gaps in between games. You could have four or five days, well, a day's travel and three or four days off. Right. And that gives you the opportunity to go and watch the teams and the nets and go and look at things. And I didn't know. It was, it was fascinating. I found it fascinating. It was a real challenge. It's a real challenge. As you rightly say, you do South Africa, Australia, you know what's coming. Same fair. Yeah. Same conversations, same arguments, same everything. <laughs> No, it's, yeah, no, this will be, I just hope the weather's good for it. This will be a fantastic World Cup, absolutely fantastic. And I know the group of 
the lads flew out of Bristol yesterday straight into, I think they got to Bangalore for the start of the warm-up games. That's the bit you miss, this sort of 10 days leading up to it. Then you have two months of it. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. incredibly long. The warm-up games are up in Gavate. Yeah. Right up in northeast. Well, I mean, it's like middle End of, of the world, isn't it? Middle of nowhere in a 60,000-seater brand-new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It must, must be tough for the um, umpires, though, who's standing about different pitches and stuff like that. You, you know, with a height, a carry, turning, mm. not turning. That, that must be, you know, you say when you're in Australia, the pitches are fairly sort of similar. You know what they're going to do. But when you're going around different places and suddenly you've had a, a flat belt and then suddenly you come into one and it's starting turning square. You must be thinking, oh my God, am I going to give that one out? Or, or uh, that yeah. must be tricky. You, you look at your work roster and go, <laughs> magnificent <laughs> or oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's it's just a challenge. It's a skill, but it's a, it's quite a senior group of umpires that are going into this one. Um the younger generation tend to go for the first round, you know, the qualifying bit of it. And then once that's all done, then they clear off and you get left with, you know, the, the massive games. And, you know, you, you, your first game in it could be India-Pakistan, which as players, they all get on. It's one of the easiest games to umpire in world cricket. But it's what's happening over your right and left shoulder. You know, the noise and the crescendo, it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible too. But... It's, it's something that I might even turn my telly on for. Gunner, it takes nearly five hours to play a T20 in uh, in India. Do you think there's going to be some constraints around the times? And will the umpires have to be on top of that and actually start controlling, you know, the amount of drinks that are going on, etc.? No, Jerry, Jerry, not in India, mate. No? No. There's going to be... Some of those games are going to be unbelievable. Make sure you got a big. Make sure you got the kettle full up, mate. Or your cans of cans of beer full next to you. It, it, no, in India, nothing. T- it just takes time to do everything. Yeah, long. Going to be long games then. Long days. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be huge, huge. But will the, will the overrate penalties be in in place? They'll try. They will try. But I don't think that'll happen. I haven't seen I haven't seen too many penalties in World Cup cricket anywhere in the world where they've docked them points and they've done this or done that. They, they tend to slap them on the wrist and then carry on, lads. And the next game takes another fifteen minutes longer. Yeah, throw throw a fine at them, but don't do any penalties on. Yeah, on no, the... look, Smithy, you've got that right. I mean, they won't they won't take you. you dock India two points. Good luck getting out of that country. <laughs> No, it's just that it's that sort of thing. You just let's get on with it. You're there for eight weeks. Yeah, there's a fine. There's a ten thousand pound fine, and let's move on. Are you going to miss it, Gunnar? Do you wish? Yeah, you I'd wish I was in India. I'm not sure whether I'd be wanting to umpire. I wouldn't mind going doing the job I'm doing now. I'm watching and <laughs> telling umpires what they should be doing, and that's the way I did it. Um. No, it, it, I just love it. You know, Smithy knows I love the place. It's just it's an incredible place. And, you know, I was always reticent when I I'd never been there, uh, and my first two or three months of being and working for the ICC were based in India, and it was just wonderful, wonderful. 
just as I said before, you just got to be careful who you give out and make sure it's out. What and 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 not give certain people out a ninety nine. Don't give out Sachin. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, he'll be in the commentary box, so I won't have to worry about him. A big question: How long do you think the fifty over World Cup will go on for? Just the fu- the future of fifty over cricket. Longer than Test cricket. Really? Yeah, I can see Test cricket going to four days. The way these boys play now, what's the point of having a fifth day? I know the this test series now in England went the five days, but that would shock me immensely. I've got to say that. But it's the justification of Bangladesh five day test. And this is going to be a bit political. This West Indies five day test, Afghanistan. You know, these can they sustain Ireland? Can they sustain it? You know, the way it was getting belted around at not, uh, wherever it was the other day, Bristol, I can't see, you know, Ireland bowl as well. I want to come back to play in England much more. But, but can you see 50 overs keep going? Yeah. I can't see any reason that the, the, the sponsors love it. They love the World Cup. Yeah. There's yeah. a queue for sponsoring it. And TV love it. Comes at the right time of the year. Not too much. Everyone doesn't, you know, there's no other tournaments going on. So there it is, bang, the highlight of it all. And the advertising that will come out of India will be incredible. Yet will be a country that young players coming through won't get to experience 50 over cricket in terms of their development. I presume all other um, countries do play 50 overs still. I know Australia do because they've just started off theirs, haven't they? But I presume every other country does still play 50 over cricket or do they play like your three four day county championship and 20 over cricket you know i'm guessing that everybody still has a 50 over tournament um yeah like, do india have a 50 over domestic one i think they play more 50 over cricket than we do yeah i'm sure, I'm sure some of the, what, the windies do the windies do that do they got a 50 yeah. over tournament yeah they have a 50 over tournament so most, yeah, most I mean, it's stuff, still going. It's still a popular now. thing, and it's it's a day out for people. I know you get a lot of people watching at times, but it's still a much better game than the twenty over game, personally. Yeah, I, I I can see it still going. The World Cup's a big package. Hospitality, ICC, the revenue that brings into the ICC, yeah, um, is astonishing. So that's going nowhere in my book. going to close Alistair Cook um, may or may not retire this week uh, but assuming that he does retire this week which has been reported in the press um, I guess words on words on cookie just quality one that you just knew what you're going to get with him you know he didn't have very many lean lean patches but you know it was never going to be dynamic but you just sort of think yeah you, you just love him in your side at any time wouldn't you he's a sort of blunt attack I mean we saw him in that, that golden series out in Australia and it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to carry on sort of going back after retiring from international cricket and having a few more years playing in, in domestic cricket, it just shows his real, real love of the game. Um, there's a lot of people who just don't do that. Um, fair play to him, carry on doing it. I didn't realise. He'll, he'll be back on the farm years, soon. I didn't realise, it, it completely escaped me just how many years it was since he retired from international cricket. He actually, you know, he's actually played five years, five solid yeah. years back at Essex. 
Yeah, you don't get many. You don't get many people that are able to actually retire from international cricket and then go and carry on playing um, sort of club county cricket. I mean, a lot of them were just like, oh, "I'm finished playing." Like Broad, finished playing international cricket, never going to play again type stuff. And there's a, lo- a lo- load of people like it. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of these guys that I just don't think we'll see the likes of again. Unfortunately, you know the time effort he's put into first class cricket. You know he. Premis touched on it. He, he was fairly limited in, in his abilities, but what what he did do was was to get the best out of what he was as a person. You know, in terms of a, of a sportsman, some somebody that just had that mental strength to you know put the hours in like he did on the field and play it was it's quite phenomenal. And not only that, but have the cricketing brain to be a successful captain as well. Um, bit of a Brady-esque type in terms of abilities. But, but, you know, just making sure that what you do, you do it bloody well. And he did. Um, and then to have that persona about him to be able to to take a team forward like he did was, yeah, it was absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, he will be really missed. He really will be missed, I think, on, on the first class team. I agree with Jerry there on mental strength. I mean, he didn't have all the shots that played the ones that he played really well and didn't get out. And that that's... When you the opposing team, you wanted to get him out because you knew he could be there for a long time, which is a massive slap on the back to you, isn't it? When you know that they want you out. Uh, and, and what probably people don't know is he's a proper joker in the dressing room as well. And he's the one who fills around more than anybody else, which is not in his uh, demeanour when you watch him bat. But yeah, he's a, a a proper lad in the dressing room. So, yeah, it's a, a, a career <clears throat> with a lot more highs and lows, I'd say. Yeah, he's done He's done tremendous. He's not a guy that I would go out and buy a video of watching him back. Could be. <laughs> and I've told him that a million times. But he's an outstanding English cricketer and an even better outstanding person. He's just one of God's He's a tough boy on the field of play. He can get right into you. But as Smithy says there, he can be funny. And I know if you want to go back to watch a video of him imitating Bob Willis, uh, <laughs> not in them, and then bowling someone out on the lowest, flattest piece of plastic I've ever seen in my life. To watch his celebrations isn't Alistair Cook. But I would say, with my hand on my heart, he's one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And whatever he does... After this, he will do it with the utmost respect, and he will not leave us any stone unturned. He will—he's just a very, very pleasant guy. Not to say that he'll stay in the game. He's got a few acres to be looking after now, so <laughs> he's probably had the father-in-law on his case saying it's about time you started doing a bit of graft. Listen, gentlemen, thank you so much as always. And to everyone who has downloaded, thank you again for listening. And we look forward to being back again next month. 